up till now, we've hammered this very strong. We talked about, you know, desires. You delight yourself in the Lord, and he's able to give you the desires of your heart, which are expressions of his will for your life, right? We talked about that. We talked about that we have different gifts, gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us and the faith that's proportioned to us in Romans 12, 6. And we came up with this statement that you discover and you fulfill the plan of God for your life this way. How? By pursuing your desires, right? You gotta delight in the Lord so that you're pursuing your desires. You're constantly stirring the gifts that are already in you. You're constantly letting the Holy Spirit help you to stir those gifts and to help you to flow in the grace that is upon your life. And also, as you walk in this, you learn how to exercise your faith and believe him so that mountains that come in front of you, right, you command them to go in Jesus' name. You have the word in your mouth, and God will move those mountains out of your way. So this is very important. You pursue your desires. You stir your gifts. You flow in the grace of God, and you exercise your faith. That is how you discover God's plan for your life. The foundation of all of this, though, is who is the helper? Who's the one that helps you? Who's the one that helps you delight yourself in the Lord? You know, you could never delight yourself in the Lord if, if God, if, if the Holy Spirit on the inside of you didn't give you revelation knowledge of who God was. You couldn't do it. Who's going to help you flow in your gifts? The Holy Spirit, right? Who's going to help you stir the gifts, and then flow in your grace, I should say. Who's going to help you exercise your faith? You're going to need the Holy Spirit. He's the one that brings revelation knowledge of Jesus so that you can actually hear and see the word of God so that you can walk by faith, right? So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We touched on verse 9, but I want to kind of read a few of these verses, break them down a little bit, because this will show you the need, the Holy Spirit has to be a priority in your life. You have to know how to walk with him. To be led by him, you need to know how he leads. Because this is one thing he does not do. You can't talk him into going a certain way. You, you can't do it. He's going to lead you on your path. Not your idea right? He's never going to be moved by your flesh, right? He just, he, but he wants to lead you and guide you into all the truth. So 1 Corinthians 2, 9, we read this last week. It says, but as it is written, and now we're going to quote Isaiah 64, 4, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, which we found out that word heart literally is talking about the mind, your mind, your soulish realm, the mind of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. This is talking about God's plan for your life. He's prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies, but first of all, you gotta know that there's a path. 
you got to know that God's already given you something. Because this whole thing in the New Testament is not about praying and asking God to give you something and then he gives it to you. No, he's already given it all to you. It's now a matter of you laying hold of it through faith and bringing it in from the unseen realm to the seen realm. Well, what do you mean? I'm so glad all my inheritance is in the unseen realm. Because you know the unseen realm is, is more real than the seen realm. The seen realm was made by the unseen realm. Do you know the seen realm, it literally governs, or the unseen realm governs, governs the seen realm. I'm telling you, there's a spiritual end of this. Why in the world do you have a hand? Do you know why you have a hand? Because your spirit has a hand. Your spirit, who you can't see, has a hand. That's why you have a hand. Why do you have feet? Why do you have a head? Because your spirit does. This is your earth suit. People are going, what? Oh, yeah, we got to get this right. God wants you to walk. And this is why he says, listen, if you're carnally minded, if you pay attention to natural things, it will only produce death because everything you can see is subject to change. But everything you can't see is not subject to change. And this is what we're to look at, right? So let's keep going with this. The unseen spirit realm is more real than the seen realm. So verse 10, let me read verse 9 again. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart or the mind of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath, past tense, revealed them unto us by his spirit. Notice, notice it says God hath revealed them to us. It doesn't say God, it does, it does not say, but God hath or God will reveal them unto us by his spirit. It says he hath. That tells me I need some more revelation on that one. Right? He hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Why? Because the spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. See, this is telling us you're going to know God on the inside, all right? God is going to write his word on your heart as you walk out his plan for your life. If you're living your own life and you're on your own plan, you're saying, yeah, I'll do this, but not this. That doesn't work, right? He, he's so hindered in revealing things. So many Christians are having so much trouble laying hold of things, seeing things. They're, they're thinking they're being led, but they're not. And, and the, re, the only reason why is because they're not spending the time with him. In the word and in prayer, that's the only missing element. We're hanging on too much to this life that's actually passing away, right? So God's going to write his word on your heart as you walk out God's plan for your life. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him. Think about that. You See, I can look at you and go, okay, I could see some things maybe on the outside 
But, you know, if I come to Pastor Elisa, nobody knows what's going on in her heart more than her spirit. Her spirit knows what's going on in her heart. And that's what this is saying, right? What man knows the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man, but the spirit of God. In other words, no man knows the things that are in the heart of God, but the Holy Spirit knows all of them, okay? Now think about that. The Holy Spirit knows everything in the heart of God the Father, everything in the heart of Jesus, and he lives on the inside of you. Wow, right? So now it says in verse 12, we have received not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is what? Of God. In other words, this spirit, the Holy Spirit who knows everything in the heart of God, we've received him. He's in us, right? Why? We have received him so that we might know the things that are freely given us, given to us from God. In other words, everything that God is, the Holy Spirit knows and is. And now, in the plan of redemption, God saw fit to put the Holy Spirit in us he had to put, make a new spirit being. That's why we're new creatures in Christ. And he took up residency there. And he shed his love abroad in our heart because he, only, he is love and he only lives in an environment of love. But why is he on the inside of you? So that you can know the things that God freely gave you. Because you would never be able to know him any other way. For the things in the heart of God knows no man. That's why eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It's never even entered your mind the incredible things that God's prepared for you because you love him. So, verse 12, it tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that is going to lead and guide you and I into the things that God has given us. So what do you need tonight? If you need healing Know this, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you to lead you and guide you so that you can go through all the, all the stuff and be in an environment of this world and still lay hold of your healing so that you see it in your life, so that you could lay hold of the finances that you need, so that you could lay hold of the protection that you need, so that you can know his plan for your life and walk it out. He's there for that. So all these days of the Holy Spirit being like, you know, we need to put him in the back room because we need to have a 45-minute service and, you know, nice 10 minutes of some worship and, and then a little bit of preaching, 15, 20 minutes, because, you know, we can't handle too much. That, that's all gone. People, you're going to see, as things get crazier on the earth, people are going to run from this stuff. And they're going to run to places that, that, are, that are preaching the word of God under the anointing of God in the love of God, right? Because listen, the Holy Spirit, he is our guide. He is the one, so you have to know him. 
You have to know him. Now look at verse 13. It says, which, so now we've, let me read verse 12 again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is of God. That's the mighty Holy Spirit, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also speak. Why do I constantly speak these things? Because that's what I'm to do. I'm to constantly talk about what God has freely given you what he's done for you. Why? So that you can lay hold of these things and then go out and disciple people. When you're sitting down, I'm telling you, when you're sitting down putting together some goals for 2024, your number one goal is how many people am I going to lead to Christ and start discipling? Yeah, but I'm not really in the word very much. Lead somebody to Christ, you'll get in the word. You'll be like, they'll be calling you up every day. Hey, what about this? And then you'll be calling Pastor Edwin. Hey, what about this? And then you'll call them back. And in, and in that process, you'll grow up. Right? Which things we also speak, but this is the way we speak them. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. See, we can't, we cannot, I could never tell you about healing with man's natural wisdom. But if you want to go hear about it, there's many places that teach it that way. And this is what it sounds like. Yes, God can heal, and he does sometimes. It's according to his will. And when you hear somebody say that, you've got to pray for them because they obviously haven't read the Bible because you've got to know what the will of God is. The Bible's real clear. We're going to get there in Ephesians 5. We have to know what the will of God is. you got to know that God wants you well, that God wants you to have a full and overflowing supply so that you can sow. Because the blessing of Abraham, we're to be a storehouse for others. Well, guess what? You can't be a storehouse for others if you're not full and, over, and actually overflowing, right? So, so this is why not... In words which man's wisdom teaches, natural wisdom. But we speak of these things which the Holy Ghost teaches. Listen, anything that I'm teaching tonight, whatever, throw it out. The goal tonight is that he teaches us, right? Because the Holy Ghost is here. He's the teacher, and he wants to teach, and he wants to speak the wisdom of God, so that you know how to lay hold of everything that God has given you, right? If the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can know the things freely given to, by God to us, that's how he's going to lead you. He's going to lead you into that. The Holy Spirit's never going to lead you. He's never going to say, well, you just settle for this. It's okay, right? I mean, well, you know, you've really blown this so the good, perfect will of God, you kind of forfeited that. No, you, you'll just have to live in the acceptable. He's never going to say that, right? It says here, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, and now you can see how he teaches. He comparing, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. It's why we don't have, there's not 8,000 internet stories when I'm preaching. I'm sure there's some good ones. 
And, and you know, and, and I've seen guys preaching, and there's some great quotes from people, and man, that always blesses me. But the one that I get excited about is the red letter quotes. You know, that's who I want to hear. Right now, I'll listen, now I'll listen to Daniel, because man, he went in a lion's den. I, I could learn some things from him, right? So let's, let's look at this. From verse 13, it tells me, you should write this in your Bible, it's in mine. I don't think it's in, it might not be in my new one yet. Man, notes, yikes. Anyway, we won't go there. Yeah, the, I know, Torian, yes, I know, I know. You cannot, this is the note, you cannot know God through your natural reasoning. You can't know him as a healer or a provider or a protector through natural reasoning. Because it makes no sense that though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, it's not even coming near you. That makes no sense to natural reasoning, right? If a thousand fall at my left hand and, and ten thousand fall at my right hand, I'm in the middle of a crazy battle, right? Unless you're Sylvester Stallone or Chuck Norris or something, and it's all fake, right? You're, you're done, right? No, no, unless you're a Christian. Though the earth may quake, doesn't matter. I'm not going out in an earthquake, right? So what we learn from verse 13 is you got to understand something about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, it gives you and I the ability to perceive what is really going on. It gives you the ability to see things as they really are, not as they're seeming. Let me say this again. The wisdom of God, and what, what, what are we talking? The wisdom of God is not of this world. If you do a study on wisdom, it, it comes literally directly from God. Jesus is made unto us wisdom. In other words, the word of God, Jesus, is made unto us wisdom. So as I meditate in the word of God, and as the Holy Spirit opens it up and brings revelation knowledge to my heart, that light that opens up on the inside of me that dawns on my spirit or dawns on my mind, what that does, it, it gives me the ability to see things, to perceive what's really going on, to see things as they really are, not as they seem. Because it might seem like I'm weak, but no, I'm not really weak because I'm to be strong in Him. So I'm never weak right? I'm never poor. That's why it says, let the poor say they're rich, because why? Jesus is an heir of everything the Father has, and I'm in him, and I'm a fellow heir, so I own it all too. But I just can't see it, and I just can't feel it. But who cares? I'm talking about natural, but I can see it with the eyes of faith. Okay. Wisdom flows out of the word of God that you allow to be deposited in your heart. Notice who's in control here. 
the, um, the word of God that you allow to be deposited in your heart, that's, what's gonna, that's where the wisdom of God's going to flow out of. So Satan is going to work overtime in getting you so busy that when you finally sit down with your Bible, you're wiped out. Right? Or like, you know, when you go to Bible school, I'm going to, in March, I'll go down and teach some of these pastors, the third-year pastor group at Rhema. And, and, you know, going to Rhema, some people think, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you're working full-time, you're going to school full-time, and then you have this social aspect. You could go to Rhema, and you're, you're in class for three hours a day, and some days it's just wonderful, just overwhelming all the words you get, but that doesn't count towards your personal growth right? And I'll guarantee you, I'll go down there and I'll see a bunch of people that love God with all their heart that are, that are just kind of depleted and they're kind of coming to the end of it. And they're, and you know, and, and what they need to do, they need to get built up. They need to stop looking at the natural, right? They need to get some revelation knowledge, some wisdom coming out of the word of God that they've allowed to dawn on their spirit so that they can now perceive things as they really are, not as they seem. Verse 14, but the natural man, look at this, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Have you ever talked to somebody about the Holy Spirit? And they love God. And the minute you say Holy Spirit, it's like, good feeling gone. Don't go there, and definitely don't, don't even talk about your Honda. You get that, tongues? Right. Yeah. See, when people make fun, I've heard people, I, I, was, I was in a service once, and I heard, I heard you know, I was, uh, I was doing this thing with this big movement in Southern California, and I was kind of part of this thing, and then they started making fun. And they started making fun about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they started saying, yeah, I was pulled up in this charismatic Pentecostal meeting. So I just, I just started saying over and over again, I lost the keys to my Honda. I lost the keys to my Honda. And they thought I was speaking in tongues. And my heart went, you, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Don't do that. Jesus says, you could commit any sin, I'll forgive you. That one, no. No. You're, you're going to have to stand before God and go, okay, let's talk about this. No, thank you. No, thank you, right? So, so we need the Holy Spirit. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. It's foolish to think that when you have no ability to make money or not enough money, and you have bills up to here, and you, and you just, and it doesn't seem like the economy's bad, people are getting laid off, and it seems like there's no way. It's foolishness to think that you could actually prosper in that. But God says you can. It's foolish to think that when you're diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, it's foolishness to think that you're going to live and be healthy. Because the natural man doesn't receive these things. So don't get down on people that are not receiving these things. Pray for them. Because they're, guess what? They're just like us. Aren't you just thankful that the Lord is getting some stuff over to you? Have you ever, do you ever realize one day that you're like, wow, Lord, 
I've been saying no to you for like five years or 10 years. And then you realize, you know, forgive me. And he's like, yep, done. And he just lets you off the hook. Right? So let others off the hook. Because it's the goodness of God that leads people to change. Right? I can't hardly talk about the goodness of God. You know, I I think there's a series in there because I've been studying it the last two months and I'm about, I've got a stack of notes on my desk and I'm just keep, they're they're full of tears because I just, I'm like, God, you're so good. You got to watch it though because we live in a church age where people don't say that God's good all the time. And when you, when you see that, you're like, don't talk about my father that way, right? 1 Corinthians 2.14 again, but the natural man, receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The word discern means to see and know. The things of God can only be seen by your spirit. Revelation comes to your spirit and then it's communicated to your mind so that now your mind gets renewed. But you can't just see it. This is how come. Don't When you get in a situation that seems like there's no way out, this is why the word tells you, don't look at the things you can see. Look at what you can't see because the things you can see, that it's all subject to change. But the word of God, which you can't see, these blessings, they're not subject to change. And God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for all. Right? So this is so very important. So let's look at the Holy Spirit just a little bit more. Go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Now we got to hurry up, guys, because, wow, I have 16 pages of notes, and I just, I'm on page, the top of page three. But we don't, we don't get, we don't get stressed about that. Praise God. There's always 2024, right? John 16, look at verse 13. It says this, verses 13 through 15, it says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, is come, he will guide you. It's the Greek word hodego. He will show you the way into all truth. Who's going to show you the way into all truth? The Holy Spirit is. What is truth? His word is truth. So be excited because the one who will show you the way into all of this is in you. And he is for you. Isn't that good news? Man. So we just learn how to not say no to him. It says, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak And he will show you things to come. Notice it doesn't say he will tell you things to come. He will show them to you. Okay? Notice he doesn't speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that's what he speaks. Whatever he hears the Father say, whatever he hears Jesus say, he speaks to you. Isn't that amazing? Right? See, it says here, and he will show you 
things to come. This phrase is contrasting man's thinking versus the Holy Spirit's teaching. Man's thinking is, I can teach you everything that I know that I've known through what's happened to me or what I've gained in my five physical senses. You know, Pastor Edwin, when you're teaching physics, AP chemistry or physics or anything, could you possibly teach those students something that you have never seen before? No? Because according to man's teaching, you could only teach what you have experienced. But that's not how the Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit will stand right here, right here in your life when the battle is raging, and he will show you over here, you victorious. God, this is what separates Christianity from everything else. Our God tells the end from the beginning. And the Holy Spirit's teaching will teach you from the end, so you'll know the end from the beginning. Do you know every time you come here, you are encouraged and taught how to know the end from the beginning. Are you sick? Well, I already know the end. Health. Doctor looking at you going, this is awesome. I have no idea, can't explain it. It's just not there anymore. Right? All of a sudden, you're in lack, and then all of a sudden now, you're down here in abundance, and you're like, I can't even figure out mathematically how that even worked. Right? That's God. The Holy Spirit's teaching will always come from the perspective of he will tell you the end from the beginning. And what does he tell you? What he hears. So the only thing he tells you is what God says. Wow. Right? It says here in verse 14, He shall glorify me, Jesus is talking, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Did you notice I said, he will only say what the Father says and, the, and Jesus says. Guess what? He really only says what Jesus says, but guess what? Where's Jesus getting his information from? So it's all, it's all from the same place, right? Look at this. He shall glorify me, he shall receive of mine. In other words, he's going to hear me talk to you, and then he's, gonna, he's not going to tell you, he's going to show you. What is that? The entrance of his word gives light, right? It gives understanding to the simple. All of a sudden, you see something. You see, have you ever seen that? Wow! By his stripes, I am healed. It dawns on your spirit. Wow, God has cleansed me and forgiven me. All of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I've been beating myself up for 40 years, but I've been made worthy by Jesus. You All of a sudden you see, I don't have to be guilty anymore. I don't have to be ridden with shame anymore. I don't have to be mad anymore. I don't have to walk in unforgiveness. I don't have to blame this person that hurt me because now I know it's the enemy who's the enemy and I'm free in Jesus, right? 
All things, look at verse 15, all things that the Father has are mine, Jesus said. Therefore I said, he shall take of mine and show it unto you. See, the Holy Spirit has been given. Now you've got to get this. He's been given to us to reveal what God has said to us. You can't learn this stuff. You've got to discern it. And that's where everybody's going awry. Even in our circles, because we come and we hear the same scriptures and all this stuff, and all of a sudden we could kind of quote the verse, but we still haven't seen it, but we think we have. Right? But that's why we got to meditate in this word. God is the originator of things spoken. The Holy Spirit is the agent to reveal them to us. Okay? God's words are life. What does Proverbs 4 say? The word of God is life to those that find it, and it's health or medicine to all of their flesh. So it is, it is doing, or I'm sorry, it is in doing and it is in being in the will of God that we are in a place that pleases him. And it's going to take faith to do this. So let's talk about this will of God here for a little bit. Ephesians chapter 5. Jump over there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Hallelujah. I won't keep you too long, just a, just a little while longer. Hallelujah. I'm not going to tell you what the definition of a little while longer is. No, I'm teasing. I understand. You guys got to go to work tomorrow. I don't have to work till Sunday, so it's, uh, you know, I just live in a bubble and can't relate to anybody, you know. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 17, look at what it says. This should make you shout, wherefore, basically the word of saying, wherefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, to miss understanding God's will is unwise, in other words, God not only wants you to see it, but he wants you to understand his will for your life. Not just knowing what to do, but knowing and understanding how to do it and everything that pertains to it. Don't be unwise, but be a person that understands the will of God. So, let's keep going with this. Let's jump down now to Ephesians chapter 1. This is a passage of scripture. We're going to start in verse 16. This is a prayer of supplication that Paul prayed. He prayed this constantly for believers that were walking by faith and walking in love. For those class of believers, it says in verse 16 that, that he ceases not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And now, starting in verse 17, he's going to start giving us a prayer of supplication. That's one of the nine prayers outlined in the New Testament. And the prayer of supplication is for the purpose of a believer laying hold of the plan of God for their life. So this prayer is so important that the Holy Spirit saw fit to literally give us this prayer. Because there's some powerful things in it, and there's maybe some things that we haven't seen in it before. So Paul prayed this prayer consistently for believers. 
Okay, so let's, let's go with this. You ready? Verse 17. Here's the prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, that would be God the Father, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay? Wisdom. That he would give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom. This is talking about the wisdom of God that comes out of the revealed word of God. It, see, if you just listen to, if, you, if this is the word of God tonight, if this is the word, this is, this is a container, and it contains his thoughts, okay? So unless this word container is opened, you're not hearing or seeing anything. The only way to get it open is to meditate in it, okay? So keep that in mind, that he would give you the spirit of wisdom. So this is the word of God. So many people have this. I could quote the verse. But no wisdom comes out unless the Holy Spirit opens it and it dawns on your spirit. And then when light comes out and it hits your mind, now wisdom is there to teach you how. It, it's, it's there so that you can now see things as they really are, right? Not as they seem. And it also allows you, it enables you to take the word of God and apply it to your life and walk it out to be a doer of the word. So if you're just, if you're just memorizing scripture and you're not, you're not meditating, you're not, you're not, you can see the Holy Spirit's always going to lead you to meditate in scripture. If you get in the word and you're sitting there with your Bible and you're halfway awake, right? And you're reading it out loud, all of a sudden, a scripture will just jump off at you. And sometimes you'll miss it. That's okay. Then you'll hop in the shower. While you're taking a shower, you'll start thinking of that scripture. And then, then you'll kind of forget about it. And then 10 o'clock in the morning, in the middle of all this, it'll just kind of come up again. The Holy Spirit's going, hey, hey, this, hey, hey, right here. What does he want you to do? He's wanting you to take that verse and start meditating on it because he's trying to get that opened up so that you can gain the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay? So let's keep going with this. Wisdom, the wisdom of God, it comes out of the revealed will of God. That's revelation knowledge. Wisdom enables us to correctly apply God's word to our situation correctly so that we could lay hold of what he's given us. Wisdom enables us to act upon our knowledge of God. Now keep that in your heart right now because this is where people miss it. Lord, I pray this prayer that God that you would grant that you would grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. But guess what? If I'm not in the word, I will have no knowledge of him. So there is nothing for him to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation because the, there's no knowledge. So keep that in mind as we go through that. Wisdom. The wisdom of God enables us to be a doer of the word. 
Without the wisdom of God, you won't know how to apply the word correctly to your situation. Right? I mean, think of Isaac. He saw his dad go into a famine, right? And what, what, did, what did God tell Abraham to do? Go to Egypt. Isaac's in the same situation. Isaac, don't go to Egypt. You stay here. I'll give you a hundredfold return in a year of a famine. That makes no sense to your natural mind. Right? So now let's talk about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let's talk about revelation. Revelation comes through the inward man, your spirit, to your soul, which is comprised of your mind, will, and emotions. Revelation comes through your spirit to your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when God's word is opened up by the Holy Spirit, he's the one that opens it, within, he opens it within your spirit, then the light from God's word will explode in your mind to cause you to see something that you didn't see before. You can go from all you see is the weakness or the sickness or the disease in your body, but when that light when that word opens up in your spirit and that light explodes in your mind, you will see yourself well. That's where you'll lay hold of your healing. You'll see it, right? So your soul, realize this, this is not separate. Your soul is connected to your spirit. We separate these things to study them, but listen, if... Now, this is not going to happen because I'm not leaving the earth one minute early. But if, if my spirit were to leave my body right now, my body just fall, my earth suit would just be in the floor, right? But guess what? In heaven, I would be there with my spirit and my soul. So we're, but we're a three-part being. We separate it to teach, but they're, they're together. That's why sometimes in the word, the word heart messes people up. So this is what Paul is praying. Paul is praying that the knowledge of God, you got to get this, the knowledge of God that you already have in your spirit may explode in your mind so you can see it. That's what enables you to lay hold of the plan of God for your life. Now, right now, you should be sitting here going, okay, because this is how it works. You've got to get this to dawn on your spirit. Let me say this again. Paul is praying that the knowledge of God that these believers, that they already have in their spirit, right, may explode in their mind so they can see it. That's revelation knowledge. He's praying for them that they'll meditate in the word of God. And that they'll just stay with it so that until it opens up and all of a sudden in their soulish realm, they see something. And now, wow, my soulish realm sees what my spirit already knows. And we call that the renovation of of your thinking of your mind. This is so important. Revelation comes after you have meditated in God's word over and over. So in other words... 2023 Christian, you have no, you are not too busy to meditate in the word day and night. You have to. Because I'm telling you, God, 
He has made provision for you to walk like Jesus walked right now, not moved by anything. Best marriage, best parenting, children relationships, way beyond restoration, deliverance, healing, provision, walking out massive desires in your heart, right? Yielding all your fruit in your season, literally with your leaf never withering, everything you put your hand to, coming to maturity, that doesn't happen unless this happens. So, revelation comes after you've meditated in God's word over and over, and the Holy Spirit is the agent of divine revelation. So we need him. We need him. The sp- so let's look at this. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is a spiritual thing. This prayer is not asking us, it's not asking God to give us knowledge. You got to see that. This prayer is asking God to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge that we already have of him. Because what is eternal life? Well, it's living forever. Nope. No, 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 no. There's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to live forever in hell, and it's nothing, it's not life. But John 17, right, 3, says eternal life is this, that you may know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. And I'm telling you, how do you live the zoe, the quality of life that God has? It's by knowing who he is. And it starts right here. This is not a prayer asking God to give us knowledge of him. This is a prayer asking God to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in that knowledge that we already possess because it's got to go from our heart and it's got to explode in our mind so that we can have a renewed mind, we can see it and walk free from this stuff. I'm telling you, God is so irresistible. We have people fighting wars in the church about little piddly things. Right? But, but little piddly behavior things. And you're sitting here going, you're trading so much for so little. God has invited you in to know him and walk with him. And to know him as much as you want. I don't know about you. There's 12 disciples. Man, I want to be Peter, James, and John. Specifically John. I mean, I'm not excited about the boiling and oil thing, but I figure by the time I'm 80-some years old, I'll be so into this thing about Jesus loves me. I mean, John went into the oil singing Jesus loves me, this I know. You know he wrote that song, right? We think some Sunday school teacher wrote that song. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, this is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. Verse 18 the eyes of your understanding, that's your spirit and your soul, being enlightened. This, is the, this word enlightened means, it's the Greek word photizo. It literally means an illumination, a brilliancy of light. God wants your spirit and your soul flooded with light of revelation of who he is. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know three things. Number one, the hope of his calling. That's God's plan for your life. Do you see how you can't possibly 
know God's plan for your life if you're not walking in this. The other one is our inheritance. What the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, our inheritance. We're going to see in verse 19, the third thing is the power that is pointed towards us as we believe the word of God. These are the three most important things that you can know as a believer. You've got to know God's plan for your life. You're going to give an account for it someday, very soon. You're going to stand before the Lord. You're not going to have to give an account for sin. Thank God, right? Because it's gone. But you will give an account. Did you do what he's called you to do on the earth? And Jesus doesn't play. He, he doesn't. I mean, he's there, and, and there's going to be people that, there's going to be people that, man, they have all this stuff, and then fire's going to hit it, and it's all going to burn up because it was all done not in faith, not with the right heart. There's going to be other people that there's going to be nothing there for a fire to even burn because I just live for myself, right? Now, thank God he's a God of love and mercy, and he's going to say, enter into your rest, but he will not say, well done, good and faithful servant, and he's not going to give you a victor's crown, right? I mean, that's just, that's a day that's coming, right, very soon. And here's the thing, you walking God's plan out for your life all you got to do is be willing and obedient. So the people that don't, it's just because they're not willing and they're not obedient. Ouch, pastor, keep going. This is, come on. This service started out so good. No, I'm just teasing. All right. These three things deal, they deal with the past, the present, and the future. So the hope of his calling, real quick. The hope of his calling deals with the future. Hope is always future. God's future plan for your life. If you look at these Greek words, it literally means a call or an invitation to the kingdom of God and to its privileges. The call and invitation to the benefits of salvation. That's the call on your life. That is God's plan for your life. He's calling you. He's inviting you to walk out this incredible thing that he has for you. Right? It's what we are called to. If God wants you to know the future in one area, he wants you to know the future in every area. Many are worried about their future. Paul is praying here that we would know our future. What are you called to do? What, is the, what does the end of that calling look like? What, what does it look like when you just are getting ready to leave the planet? What is the, that, that gift? What does that look like 10 years down the road or, in our case, nine months or whatever? You know, who knows? Tomorrow. We never know. But what is the end of the calling for your life? If you don't know the future, like if you don't know your next step or if you don't know that you're in the will of God, guess what you will do? You will worry. If you know you're in the will of God, guess what you won't do? You won't worry. That's how important this is. See, why is it so hard for people to find out what God has called them to do? This is why. People don't spend enough time in the word, and they don't spend enough time in prayer. How do you grow in prayer? One way, experience. You have to pray to grow in prayer. Well, pastor, what is prayer? What is prayer? 
This is how you grow in it. You must grow in your ability to be stirred by the Holy Spirit and respond. Because you can't just pray what you want. I mean, you can, but it's not effective. Man, one of the hardest things for me is sometimes I will try, I love somebody so much and I'm trying to pray for them in an area and there is literally no unction. And I, and I know, I better shut my mouth because I'm in disobedience right now. God's not listening and he's not, he's not really happy with me. Right? Prayer is relying on the Holy Spirit to help you pray. You receive from him and you pray it out. That's a whole other teaching. So let's look at number two, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This is present tense. Present tense inheritance, why? Because of the past tense work of Jesus, okay? There are also specific parts of your inheritance for you as an individual that are different from other people. Things pertaining to God's call on your life, specifically, the purpose of your life, right? See, success will bring you to a place. This is, when you're walking, when you're a success, success in God will bring you to a place where you are satisfied on the inside. You're just satisfied. Why? Because you know that you're doing what God has called you to do. God wants that for you. Success is literally doing what God's created you to do. But you got to stop looking at natural things. And here's the thing. Don't ever chase money. Because that's what, you'll start chasing money to find God's plan. And it'll look so natural. But don't chase money. Follow God and money will overtake you. That's the way it works. So let's look at this riches of the glory. Riches, what does that word mean? It means riches, wealth, and goods. Glory, what does that mean? The honor that's due or rendered. That sounds a lot like the blessing of Abraham. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you can be a blessing. That's God's plan for your life. Our inheritance is rich in glory. Our inheritance is in us but it's not just for us. It's for us and everybody we come in contact with. Right? There is nothing that we will ever need in life that Jesus hasn't already provided for us. So let's do this in closing. I'm one minute late. I promise I will never go past 8.30 again in 2023. So in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Power to us word who believe. This is a crazy verse because in this verse you have four out of the five Greek words that talk about God's power. If you break all of them down, Paul is saying that we would have a revelation knowledge so that we can see the power we, we already have. Paul is saying, you got to see the power that you already have, right? Because a lot of believers, you think you have no power, and you have been given all power, right? 
This prayer is not that God would give us these things. This prayer is that we would see the power we already have. And I'm going to close with this. This verse 19 is saying this. Paul is praying that people would see and have a revelation, knowledge of God's inherent stored power that works according to his ruling place as God of the universe. That's, if you take those four words, I just broke down the definition of those four words. I'll say it again. Paul is praying that people would see and have a revelation knowledge of God's inherent stored power that works according to his ruling power as God of the whole universe. And that power is pointed at you because you're a believer. Every time you say, Father, I declare in Jesus' name, by your stripes I am healed, sickness leave my body. If you understood the power in the name of Jesus when you speak it, it just opens up. It opens up faith, which enables God to move.